Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from The Independent on everything to do with love, sexuality, identity and more. This week I'm very excited to be joined by independent adult filmmaker Erica Lust. Erica is a bit of a trailblazer in the world of feminist porn and I use that phrase uh, in inverted commas and you'll see why when you listen to the episode. Uh, Unlike hardcore pornography which is typically directed through a male gaze, the films that Erica makes champion female pleasure sexual autonomy and most importantly consensual and respectful sexual encounters she joined me on the show to discuss her work in more detail how the porn industry is changing and the impact that all this could have on our sex lives enjoy the show uh hi erica how are you doing Hi, I'm good. I'm good. I had a very busy morning, uh, but I, I feel great. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, as you know, I want to talk to you a bit about the films that you make. Um, but I wanted to know if you could actually start us off by just by um, explaining how you got into the adult filmmaking industry and what made you want to pursue a career in it. Uh, it's kind of a long story. <laughs> it started, you know, quite many years ago when I was uh, I was a late teenager or a young adult or how we want to call it. And as most people, I had obviously curiosities about about myself and my sexuality, what I liked, what I didn't like. And uh, I, I did, I did watch porn. I guess most people do. Uh, and when I did, I had quite mixed feelings about it. And I think that was kind of the key to how everything started, because I had that feeling that most of the porn that I watched. Okay, now I have to tell you guys that I was born in '77, so I'm already 43 years old, and I know that the world today is quite different from when I grow up. But um, I mean, today, it, you know, internet is swamped by porn. Porn is all over the place. When I grow up, it was kind of difficult to find it. You know, you needed an in, you needed someone who could show you something. And um, for me, my, my first experiences, I think they were very typical, actually, because first time I kind of watched porn, it happened on a, in, in a pajama party with a little group of friends. I think I was 12, 13, more or less. And uh, a girlfriend of mine, she had found a video cassette that her father has taped and she put it on and she was like, oh my God, we have to watch this. Guys, you have to watch it. This is how it's done, you know? And we did watch it. And I think that we kind of felt weird about it. Kind of, it, it, it felt kind of funny because everything looked kind of, strange and, and 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 ridiculous in a way at the same time it was a little exciting because we wanted to understand what sex was about and and what it looked like and how people connected through sex but then the the worst feeling was kind of that 
yeah, I don't know. It felt like it, it didn't really get to me the way it was supposed to. And then uh, I didn't really think about it for a few years, but then later on, uh, I had a boyfriend who once came to my place with a DVD because then time had passed and DVDs had become popular. So uh, he wanted us to watch that, that porn DVD and we did. And I, um, I, I, I guess I was kind of excited about it and I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to like it, I think. I think I really wanted to like it. But then I had those feelings that it wasn't really, it wasn't really made for me. It wasn't really for me. It felt like, like the women that they were there somehow to please the men and they were all about sexing up themselves and being like this, this uh, sex symbols and, and, and objectifying themselves all the time. And it wasn't really about their pleasure. It was about, about his pleasure, about the man's pleasure. And I think that that thought kind of got to me. And then I started to to talk to friends around me about how I felt about watching porn. And I realized quite quickly that most of my male friends, they had a very easy time with porn. They watched it, they liked it, they masturbated to it. They were happy with the porn kind of. But I had lots of female friends who felt the same way as I did, that something was, something was missing out for us. And I think that that thought got me into to to you know to investigating more and to start thinking and I had already kind of uh, realized what feminism was and I was you know interested in gender theories and about power balances and how the world worked and I think that that background made me start thinking about how porn was fabricated how it how it kind of how the structure of it worked and i really felt like i i like i liked the idea of porn i liked the idea of watching people having sex that felt that felt completely okay to me it didn't feel like something horrible or very nasty or something that you should be ashamed of but then i didn't like the structure that i saw in it and as I was a, a curious mind, <laughs> I kind of started thinking about how can I make this different? Is there a way that actually that, that, that there could be kind of a porn for me or a porn for me and other women? And I think that was how it all kind of started on, on a you know, mind level. Your first experience of watching porn, weirdly, is actually quite similar to mine, even though it would have been like 20 years later. I, um, <laughs> yeah, it was quite a similar experience for me because I, I think I was 15 and I was at a friend's house and there were about 10 of us girls there and she had found, uh, again, a video, mm -hmm. I think under like her sister's bed or something. And so we all just sat there quietly watching it and it was, hardcore stuff and you know a lot of us hadn't had sex yet and we were looking at it and we were like Christ is this what sex is like <laughs> it looks violent and painful and and we're supposed to like that it's violent and painful and yeah I mean it it, it really sets um it can set a really negative precedent I think when that's your first exposure 
Um, so can you tell us a bit about how the films that you make differ from those conventional kind of hardcore pornography films? <laughs> they kind of differ in everything, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult maybe to really put the finger on, on how, but it's, it's the whole concept of it. It's how they are made, how they are fought, how they are created. It's all the team that are working on these films together. I sometimes, you know, as I say, everybody being to a, to a fast food restaurant, right? That's, that's one food business. Then there's other food businesses. There are small family restaurants. They do almost everything differently, right? And this is kind of, 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 of how it differs. I mean, mass produced pornography today is really kind of done in a factory way, you know, it's just kind of nobody really cares about the product. They just kind of, they do it and they want to sell it and that's it. They, they don't care about the sex. They don't care about the people in it. They don't care about what, what they are representing, what kind of gender roles or, 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 or we can even go into and start talking about cinematic quality of it. Because for me, all of that matters, you know, I'm a cinema fan. I love good cinema. I love when everything kind of is, 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 is nice and stylish and the light and the locations and the, and the decorations and, you know, the wardrobe and the makeup and how how they have really thought about these characters and who they are and why are they into each other what where comes that passion from and how do they how they do they live that sexual energy and experience they have together and i want kind of i want all of that to come through in my films i really i want to tell you a story you know i want to 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 invite you to uh, an erotic world somehow. And that is also something that I feel a lot with most porn, that it concentrates so much on the physical act. It's so much about the penetrations and whatever it is, you know, but it's like in and out, in and out, in and out. And you don't know anything about, about the rest of the story. So I'm kind of, I guess I'm more of a context person. I want, I want more out of my porn. I love that narrative is so important because that is so rare in conventional pornography. Um, you know, two people just see each other and immediately start having sex, which makes no sense because in real life, obviously that's not what happens. And it kind of perpetuates this really attached presentation of, of what sex is like. And it completely removes this idea of intimacy and love and respect crucially. So that was the other thing to ask you about is, um, how you kind of champion consent in your films, because I know that's also really important to you. It is really, really important. And it's something that is totally lacking in society. People don't know how to talk about consent. They don't know how to express what they want and what they don't want. And they, they feel insecure in most people when it comes to sex. So I kind of take it as an opportunity in my films to try to bake that into the script writing and to talk to my performers and to make them kind of have the 
conversations that we would have in normal life, probably in front of the camera, because this is something that happens a lot in in adult entertainment. You know that that yes, of course, these things in, in even in mainstream porn, you know, most of, of, of it is talked about. People know what they are going to do, etc. But then they cut it completely outside the actual uh, video that they are type taping. So what I'm trying to do is, is get it in there. I'm trying to have the performers really connecting with each other, talking to each other, uh, asking how they like things, uh, if they would like something different. So we have, so, so, so the sex doesn't get so, you know, so clinic somehow, uh, because in real life, I mean, it's not, we need to connect, we need to talk, it needs to be a little messy and, and it's okay. And you can say something, oops, I, I don't, sorry, I don't like that. Could we do it differently? Or, uh, well, this is a little fast for me. I would like to slow down a little. That's totally okay. Mm. Yeah, communication is so, is so important. And again, it's something you rarely see. Um, another thing that is uh, unfortunately very rare in conventional porn is um, the prioritizing of female pleasure. You know, you see uh, women come within seconds <laughs> in, in conventional porn from, you know, no stimulation whatsoever. And everyone knows that that is completely unrealistic. Uh, so I want to know, uh, why do you think female pleasure has been ignored for so long in porn? Do you think it's about the people making it or the, the kind of target audience that, you know, is mostly made for the male gaze? I think it's both of those those factors, definitely. I think it is a lot about the people making it, that they, I mean, their main interest has been to turn men on. So they have gone for that and they have not really been interested in seeing how women works and what turns us on and what kind of mechanisms we need to actually reach an orgasm. Uh, they, they wanted to get it faster there somehow. So they kind of just cut out everything that we actually needed in sex. Uh, I mean, and then it's, it's of course catered to a certain audience. That's how, how, and, and I really, I really uh, understood that in the beginning of my career, when I had made my first short film, I just had a short film and I didn't really know what to do with it. And I went to see some of the bigger adult companies to kind of pitch my film, you know, I was a little innocent maybe, but at the same time, it was a very interesting experience. And I had reactions from many of these men running these companies telling me, okay, the film is, is, is quite interesting, but you know what? There's no market for women. There's no, there, women will never buy anything that has to do with sex. I was told that, you know, they were even telling me into my face that, you know, we pay women for sex. Women will not spend money on sex. And, and if that's the attitude, obviously, uh, I mean, it's pretty clear why they are not interested in showing real female pleasure. Uh, and I know, I know we prove them wrong because many years later, I think I have shown with my career and not only me, a lot of other female filmmakers also that there, there is actually an audience for, 
pornography that is different, that caters to all people. I'm not, in the beginning of my career, I was talking a lot about that I was doing it for women, but then I realized little by little that it's for everyone. Uh, I have so many male fans out there. So, uh, and they are, you know, they are writing to me and they are saying, hey, thank you so much for showing the world the way I see the world for, you know, including these values that, that I actually feel that I have. And, 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 and it's quite interesting also because I receive uh, some emails from men saying almost, hey, Erica, you know what? You kind of destroyed porn for me. I was all happy with what was out there on the internet. And then suddenly I watched this interview with you and I started to listen to what you were saying. And I realized that most of that porn is terribly misogynistic and aggressive and violent and even racist and that has nothing to do with me as a person i don't i don't share those values and i just watched it because i was used to watch it watch it but i didn't really think about what it was you know the values that it was representing and i think that that is a really really interesting thought because there's so many people just going to all these free tube sites um, and and they don't really they don't really see the taglines how they are talking about you know the language they are using how they are talking about women you know all this banging smashing choking destroying punish fucking women come on i mean Porn, you know, should be about people having a really good time together, having the best sex ever. That's what I want to watch, you know. I don't want to watch this guy smashing a woman and destroying her and wanting to punish her until she cries. I'm not interested in that at all. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN confidence starts with loving who you are and when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside you naturally radiate confidence from the inside give your skin a glow up with osea's clinically proven mega moisture duo this ultra hydrating body care features two of osea's best sellers undaria algae body oil and undaria collagen body lotion these seaweed powered heroes use skincare level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. interesting what you said earlier about how people thought there would be no market for the kind of films that you wanted to make uh and I think what's in, what's particularly interesting about it is because how you said you know initially you wanted to make porn for women 
Um, and there's this idea that, oh, women don't watch porn, women don't engage in that because female sexuality is still sh weirdly shrouded, shrouded in stigma. There is this weird idea that, you know, when a woman talks about sex, it could be characterized as promiscuous. Uh, whereas when a man does, you know, he's, he's seen as a lad or whatever. And that does, that seems really archaic, but it's still so relevant. Um, and that fits in quite well to, to the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because you said how now, you know, you don't really see your films as marketed towards women specifically because, and, and I think that's a really brilliant thing because then what you almost do there is you then marginalize it further. And it's like, okay, well, women want to see this, you know, just soft and gentle porn. And again, it kind of separates out like women can't have sex like men kind of thing. Um, so do you, do you refer to your films as feminist porn? Or, and, and why or why not would you use that term? It's a really complicated kind of question, you know, uh, because yes, they could be, they, of course, I, I consider myself being a feminist, so we could use the term feminist porn because of, of who I am and my values and how I'm, I'm, I make them, thinking about uh, representing female pleasure, thinking about how I'm representing gender roles on screen, and also thinking about the crew that I'm hiring behind the camera, you know, most of my crew is a female crew, uh, etc. So in, in that perspective, yes, it could, but then it's, it's such a complicated kind of concept. If you say feminist porn, people go, what the hell is that? You know, is that a group of like really ugly, nasty women <laughs> with hair under their arms going out there with strap-ons on ready to fuck all the men in the world you know, that's i had so many people having so many strange idea about what feminist porn would be so i'm trying kind of to avoid it I'm trying, when I'm talking about my films, I, I talk about independent adult cinema or something like that, because they are really independent in the sense of, of, of the, that the production companies is, is mine. I'm financing my own films. Uh, it's cinema because of the values and how we film them. And um, it's adult because yes, we do show, show explicit, ex explicit sex. Um, but it's not easy to find a good label. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting issue because obviously you don't you don't just want women watching your films because then you know you need everyone you need everyone you need this to become mainstream you need this to replace all the stuff that's on the tube sites you need the tube stuff not to be free you know it's it's like you need these seismic changes within the industry in order to actually make it all accessible. Um, so how do we need, I think, more and more people realizing that when we're talking about kind of the ethical aspects, it's not only about how we make the films. That's obviously a very important part of it uh, and caring about everybody and taking care of the whole process and the performers, etc., etc. Uh, but then it's also about how you consume the film because people are so easy to kind of put the blame on the production instead of thinking about how they are working as consumers. Because if you go on those tube sites online, you are not an ethical consumer, you know? And sometimes I talk about the food industry because I think it's easier for, for folks to kind of understand what it means. And if you, if you start talking about people caring about their producers and going to the supermarket, checking out, you know, 
the eggs that they are buying? Where do they come from? Is it by, you know, hens uh, running wild in the camp or is it, you know, from a, a hen factory? And it's a big difference. And this is the same when you are buying porn or when you're consuming porn, you should be buying it. That might, that's that what I think, because that's the only way you would know that it's actually done uh, with the right conditions. Yeah, like you said, it's about being a conscious consumer. And I think, you know, another a parallel, I suppose, would be almost like fast fashion. You know, it's about Definitely. taking it all into consideration. Um, obviously, there's, there's quite a few adult film companies uh, who are making similar films to you and trying to kind of reshape this narrative and encouraging, like you said, uh, people to pay for their porn and trying to normalize that. Uh, and, you know, they're making ethical films that that combat so many of the damaging things we see in in hardcore porn, like, you know, the fetishization of ethnic minorities and the kind of fetishization of of sexual minorities. And the almost, you know, there's 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 very little uh, accurate and safe and healthy representation for LGBT community in that kind of porn. So how do you hope? these companies who are making these changes such as yours will reshape people's perceptions of porn because I know there is change happening but like you said you know these these tube sites are still the mainstream how do you think we get to a point where we eradicate that really difficult question actually uh little by little is is kind of the only answer i can give you on that informing people talking to our friends um trying to get the word out there and for people to realize uh what how how it kind of all works you know because because i think that there's so many people out there thinking that porn on the internet is made by lots of of different amateur people that kind of are uploading their videos and that that is kind of a cool concept but that's not the reality at all the reality is that most of the tube sites online is owned by one company a company called MindGeek uh, based in Montreal Canada and they are the owners of let's say 75, 80% of the porn online. So it's almost like there's a monopoly going on there. Uh, and I think that it's, it's really important for people who care about all these values and issues that we have been talking about, uh, trying to help us to spread, uh, to spread the words and, and telling other people around them uh, that independent pornography does exist even if we are just a little little crumble on the market yeah hopefully we get to a stage where the crumble becomes a cake is that a really bad metaphor (laughs) that would be be fantastic i studied political science and in political science we always were talking about you know the critical mass and 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 the idea of when you get to at least 30% of something, then you start having a say in the whole. So let's hope for for more people daring also to do this kind of of content. Um, Because what we really need, I think, is lots of diverse and different uh, groups of people getting involved 
with, with the making of pornography. So we get rid of, you know, this kind of stereotyped guy making porn that's only interested in, you know, boobs and ass and his cigar and his cars and, and, and that kind of, that, that vision of sexuality. Mm. And that leads into my final question, actually. Um, if we do get to a point where the kind of films you're making become the mainstream porn that people consume, how do you think that will benefit people's sex lives? And in fact, even for people, you know, regardless of whether they become mainstream or not, for people who do consume your films, how do you think it's benefiting their sex lives? Well, I think it helps them to understand sexuality as a whole. Uh, it's definitely very different for most women when they actually see other women having pleasure and how they are pleasing themselves uh, and how they are how they are connecting with partners on a sexual level. Uh, I mean, it's 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 tough, I guess, today for many young people growing up and having the same vision as you and me, as we had when we started to watch porn and were curious about what 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 it was like and had this feeling that uh, it would probably show us how sex is done. And, and it must be very, very frustrating to go online watching those videos where they are doing hard penetrations in and out for two minutes. And then it seems like she's just coming from nowhere. Uh, so I, I think that if we watch more realistic uh, versions of, of sex, and we see different people from diff with different circumstances, different genders and, 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 and situations getting together that will really help us to, to, um, to normalize our own, uh, our own fantasies and our own uh, fears around sex, because that's also something that is happening quite a lot, you know, that people are so, they, they, they think that something is wrong with them, that they are perverse, that they are strange, that they have all these strange fantasies that are not shared by other people. But I realized that if you actually watch quality porn, you will see that most of, of your sexual ideas is shared by other people. And that will help you to normalize yourself. Such a lovely, such a lovely point um, to end on. And also I think, yeah, like you said, it's also just about starting conversations about porn and making it normal to talk about the kind of porn that you're watching and the kind of things that you're into, because, you know, otherwise, you know, you're having sex with someone and they're like, oh, so what do you like? And you just don't know what to say because you feel too awkward about it. And then you just have bad sex, which is rubbish for both of you. Uh, <laughs> but lots, lots of people, they don't even know what they like. They don't know. Exactly. Because, because I, I mean, it's really, really sad. But and, and especially when we are talking about women, there's so many women out there who are just doing it to please their partners. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and the good sex they have, they have by themselves when no one else is around. And, and that's, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> yeah, very bleak, very bleak. Um, so it is time for our Lessons in Love segment. This is the part of the show where I ask every guest to share something that they've learned uh, about sex and relationships uh, from their own experiences. So I guess, Erica, from you, it would be, you know, your, your experiences as a filmmaker. You know, what, 
what is uh, one of the things that you've learned uh, about sex as a, in your role? Ooh, I learned so many things. <laughs> really, really, it's been it's been an amazing, amazing road uh, since I started. I think that I learned how to relax lots more just being around, you know, performers. I met so many incredible people. I think that a, a really interesting lesson also for lots of people would be to understand that when they are thinking about about porn performers adult stars porn stars or what, what we want to call them you know that people are kind of picturing uh, people from sad circumstances not having the best uh, opportunities in life and being kind of promiscuous and, and and having a dark life and that is so far from the reality uh, that I have seen during uh, during my years in this industry I met the most wonderful people I met so many smart people I met so many people caring about themselves and their health and their sexual health and helping other people and being really uh, you know focused on their careers and planning for their futures and investing their money and being really smart and healthy and wonderful uh, so I, I think that it's important also for people to realize that when you decide to start paying for your porn you are also supporting an industry of wonderful people who need to have uh, a good income to be able to do their best work. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener to this show, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or anywhere else. You can comment and leave us a rating too so that more people can find us. Keep up with everything to do with the show on Instagram. Just search Millennial Love. See you soon. 